Chapter Four of the Search by Grace Livingston Hill. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Like Many Waters. Chapter Four. The sun shone blindly over the broad, dusty drill field. The men marched and wheeled, about faced and countermarched, in their new olive drab uniforms, and thought of home, those that had any homes to think about, some who did not thought of a home that might have been if this war had not happened there were times when their souls could rise to the great occasion and their enthusiasm against the foe could carry them to all lengths of joyful sacrifice but this was not one of the times it was a breathless indian summer morning and the dust was inches thick it rose like a soft yellow mist over the mushroom city of forty thousand men brought into being at the command of a nation's leader dust lay like fine yellow powder over everything an approaching company looked like a cloud as it drew near one could scarcely see the men nearby for the cloud of yellow dust everywhere the water was bad this morning when every man was thirsty it had been boiled for safety and was served warm and tasted of disinfectants the breakfast had been oatmeal and salty bacon swimming in congealed grease the boy in the soldier's body was very low indeed that morning the man with his disillusioned eyes had come to the front of course this was nothing like the hardships they would have to endure later but it was enough for the present to their unaccustomed minds and harder because they were doing nothing that seemed worth while just marching about and doing sordid duties when they were all eager for the fray and to have it over with they had begun to see that they were going to have to learn to wait and be patient to obey blindly they who never had brooked commands from any one most of them not even from their own parents they had been free as air and they had never been tied down to certain company here they were all mixed up college men and foreign laborers rich and poor cultured and coarse clean and defiled and it went pretty hard with them all they had come a bundle of prejudices and wills and they had first to learn that every prejudice they had been born with or cultivated must be given up or laid aside they were not their own they belonged to a great machine the great perfect conception of the army as a whole had not yet dawned upon them they were occupied with the unpleasant details in the first experimental stages at first the discomfort seemed to rise and obliterate even the great object for which they had come and discontent sat upon their faces off beyond the drill field whichever way they looked there were barracks the color of the dust and long stark roads new and rough the color of the barracks with jitneys and trucks and men like ants crawling furiously back and forth upon them all animated by the same great necessity that had brought the men here even the sky seemed yellow like the dust the trees were gone except at the edges of the camp cut down to make way for more barracks in even ranks like men out beyond the barracks mimic trenches were being dug and puppets hung in long lines for mock enemies there were skeleton bridges to cross walls to scale embankments to jump over and all everything was that awful olive drab color till the souls of the new-made soldiers cried out within them for a touch of scarlet or green or blue to relieve the dreary monotony sweat and dust and grime weariness homesickness humbled pride 
these were the tales of the first days of those men gathered from all quarters who were pioneers in the first camps corporal cameron marched his awkward squad back and forth through all the various manoeuvres again and again giving his orders in short sharp tones his face set his heart tortured with the thought of the long months and years of this that might be before him the world seemed most unfriendly to him these days not that it had ever been overkind yet always before his native wit and happy temperament had been able to buoy him up and carry him through hopefully now however hope seemed gone this war might last till he was too old to carry out any of his dreams and pull himself out of the place where fortune had dropped him gradually one thought had been shaping itself clearly out of the days he had spent in camp this life on earth was not all of existence there must be something bigger beyond it wasn't sane and sensible to think that any god would allow such waste of humanity as to let some suffer all the way through with nothing beyond to compensate there was a meaning to the suffering there must be it must be a preparation for something beyond infinitely better and more worth while what was it and how should he learn the meaning of his own particular bit john cameron had never thought about religion before in his life he had believed in a general way in a god or thought he believed that a book called the bible told about him and was the authentic place to learn how to be good the doubts of the age had not touched him because he had never had any interest in them in the ordinary course of events he might never have thought about them in relation to himself until he came to die perhaps not then in college he had been too much engrossed with other things to listen to the arguments or to be influenced by the general atmosphere of unbelief he had been a boy whose inner thoughts were kept under lock and key and who had lived his hard life absolutely alone although his rich wit and bubbling merriment had made him a general favorite where pure fun among the fellows was going he loved to rough-house as he called it and his boyish pranks had always been the talk of the town the envied of the little boys but no one knew his real serious thoughts not even his mother strong and self-repressed like himself had known how to get down beneath the surface and commune with him perhaps she was afraid or shy now that he was really all alone among all this mob of men of all sorts and conditions he had retired more and more into the inner sanctuary of self and tried to think out the meaning of life from the chaos that reigned in his mind he presently selected a few things that he called facts from which to work these were god hereafter death these things he must reckon with he had been working on a wrong hypothesis all his life he had been trying to live for this world as if it were the end and aim of existence and now this war had come and this world had suddenly melted into chaos it appeared that he and thousands of others must probably give up their part in this world before they had hardly tried it if they would set things right again for those that should come after but even if he had lived out his ordinary years in peace and success and had all that life could give him it would not have lasted long seventy years or so and what were they after they were past no there was something beyond or it all wouldn't have been made this universe with the carefully thought-out details working harmoniously one with another it wouldn't have been worth while otherwise 
there would have been no reason for a heart life there were boys and men in the army who thought otherwise who had accepted this life as being all among these were the ones who when they found they were taken in the draft and must go to camp had spent their last three weeks of freedom drunk because they wanted to get all the fun they could out of life that was left to them they were the men who were plunging into all the sin they could find before they went away to fight because they felt they had but a little time to live and what did it matter but john cameron was not one of these his soul would not let him alone until he had thought it all out and he had come thus far with these three facts god death a life hereafter he turned these over in his mind for days and then he changed their order death a life hereafter god death was the grim person he was going forth to meet one of these days or months on the field of france or italy or somewhere over there he was not to wait for death to come and get him as had been the old order this was war and he was going out to challenge death he was convinced that whether death was a servant of god or the devil in some way it would make a difference with his own personal life hereafter how he met death he was not satisfied with just meeting death bravely with the ardor of patriotism in his breast as he had heard so many about him talk in these days that was well so far as it went but it did not solve the mystery of the future life nor make him sure how he would stand in that other world to which death stood ready to escort him presently death might be victor over his body but he wanted to be sure that death could not also kill that something within him which he felt must live for ever he turned it over for days and came to the conclusion that the only one who could help him was god god was the beginning of it all if there was a god he must be able to help a soul in a time like this there must be a way to find god and get the secret of life and so be ready to meet death that death should not conquer anything but the body how could one find god had anybody ever found him did any one really think they had found him these were questions that beat in upon his soul day after day as he drilled his men and went through the long hard hours of discipline or lay upon his straw tick at night while a hundred and fifty other men about him slept his mother's secret attempts at religion had been too feeble and too hidden in her own breast to have much of an impression upon him she had only hoped her faith was founded upon a rock she had not known and so her buffeted soul had never given evidence to her son of hidden holy refuge where he might flee with her in time of need now and then the vision of a girl blurred across his thoughts uncertainly like a bright moth hovering in the distance whose shadow fell across his dusty path but it was far away and vague and only a glance in her eyes belonged to him she was not of his world he looked up to the yellow sky through the yellow dust and his soul cried out to find the way to god before he had to meet death but the heavens seemed like molten brass not that he was afraid of death with a physical fear but that his soul recoiled from being conquered by it and he felt convinced that there was a way to meet it with a smile of assurance if only he could find it out he had read that people had met it that way was it all their imagination the mere illusion of a fanatical brain well he would try to find out god he would put himself in the places where god ought to be and when he saw any indication that god was there 
he would cry out until he made God hear him. The day he came to that conclusion was Sunday, and he went over to the YMCA auditorium. They were having a Mary Pickford moving picture show there. If he had happened to go at any time during the morning, he might have heard some fine sermons and perhaps have found the right man to help him. But this was evening, and the men were being amused. He stood for a few moments and watched the pretty show. The sunlight on Mary's beautiful hair, as it fell glimmering through the trees in the picture, reminded him of the red-gold lights on Ruth MacDonald's hair the morning he left home, and with a sigh he turned away and walked to the edge of camp, where the woods were still standing. Alone he looked up to the starry sky. Amusement was not what he wanted now. He was in search of something vague and great that would satisfy and give him a reason for being and suffering and dying perhaps he called it god because he had no other name for it red gold hair might be for others but not for him he might not take it where he would and he would not take it where it lay easy to get if he had been in the same class with some other fellows he knew he would have wasted no time on follies he would have gone for the very highest finest woman but there what was the use Besides, even if he had been, and he had had, every joy of life here was but a passing show, and must sometime come to an end. And at the end would be this old problem. Sometime he would have had to realize it, even if war had not come and brought the revelation prematurely. What was it that he wanted? How could he find out how to die? Where was God? But the stars were high and cold and gave no answer and the whispering leaves, although they soothed him, sighed and gave no help. The feeling was still with him next morning when the mail was distributed. There would be nothing for him. His mother had written her weekly letter, and it had reached him the day before. He could expect nothing for several days now. Other men were getting sheaves of letters. How friendless he seemed among them all. One had a great chocolate cake that a girl had sent him, and the others were crowding around to get a bit it was doubtful if the laughing owner got more than a bite himself he might have been one in the group if he had chosen they all liked him well enough although they knew him very little as yet for he had kept much to himself but he turned sharply away from them and went out somehow he was not in the mood for fun he felt he must be growing morbid but he could not throw it off that morning it all seemed so hopeless the things he had tried to do in life and the slow progress he had made upward and now to have it all blocked by war none of the other fellows ever dreamed that he was lonely big husky handsome fellow that he was with a continuous joke on his lips for those he had chosen as associates with an arm of iron and a jaw that set like steel grim and unmistakably brave the awkward squad as they wrathfully obeyed his stern orders would have told you he had no heart the way he worked them, and would not have believed that he was just plain homesick and lonesome for someone to care for him. He was not hungry that day when the dinner call came, and flung himself down under a scrub oak outside the barracks, while the others rushed in with their mess kits ready for beans or whatever was provided for them. He was glad that they were gone, glad that he might have the luxury of being miserable all alone for a few minutes he felt strangely as if he were going to cry and yet he did not know what about perhaps he was going to be sick that would be horrible down in that half-finished hospital with hardly any equipment yet 
he must brace up and put an end to such softness it was all in the idea anyway then a great hand came down upon his shoulder with a mighty slap and he flung himself bolt upright with a frown to find his comrade whose bunk was next to his in the barracks he towered over cameron polishing his tin plate with a vigor what's the matter with you you boob there's roast beef and it's good cookie saved a piece for you i told him you'd come go in and get it quick there's a letter for you too in the office i'd have brought it only i was afraid i would miss you here take my mess kit and hurry there's some crackerjack pickles too little sweet ones step lively or someone will swipe them all cameron arose accepted his friend's dishes and sauntered into the mess hall the letter couldn't be very important his mother had no time to write again soon and there was no one else it was likely an advertisement or a formal greeting from some of the organizations at home they did that about fortnightly the red cross the woman's club the emergency aid the fire company it was kind in them but he wasn't keen about it just then it could wait until he got his dinner they didn't have roast beef every day and now that he thought about it he was hungry he almost forgot the letter after dinner until a comrade reminded him handing over a thick delicately scented envelope with a silver crest on the back the boys got off their kidding about the girl he'd left behind him and he answered with his old good-natured grin that made them love him letting them think he had all kinds of girls for the dinner had somewhat restored his spirits but he crumpled the letter into his pocket and got away into the woods to read it deliberately he walked down the yellow road up over the hill by the signal corps tents across wigwag park to the woods beyond and sat down on a log with his letter he told himself that it was likely one of those fool letters the fellows were getting all the time from silly girls who were uniform crazy he wouldn't answer it of course and he felt a kind of contempt with himself for being weak enough to read it even to satisfy his curiosity then he tore open the envelope half angrily and a faint whiff of violets floated out to him over his head a meadow-lark trilled a long sweet measure and glad surprise suddenly entered into his soul End of chapter 4